0: this thought, how to have a a meaningful, quiet time. Uh, Simply put, just how to spend time with God. I don't have an outline for you, um, but all the scriptures will be on the screen. But how to spend time with God. We know that's important as believers. We know that we're supposed to spend time with Him, but if we'll be honest, we don't spend the time with God that we should. I get paid to preach pretty much. That's, that's, that's my job. I don't call it a job. I don't call it an occupation. It's my calling. But if you were to narrow it down, I, I, I get paid to preach. I get paid to spend time in the Word of God. I get paid to study. But if I'm not careful, uh, I can open up this book. And the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at what what can I preach instead of looking at this, at how can I feed myself. It becomes nothing than a book for sermon material rather than bread to feed my own soul, and I don't want it to be like that. I want this to be a book that can feed me, and out of what God feeds me, I can come and feed you and be a blessing to you and it speak into your life. But the reality is, I want to spend more time with God. and I believe that that's the desire of all of our hearts is we want to spend more time with God. But there are some reasons why we don't spend as much time with Him as we should or as we could. Let me just give you three brief reasons why we don't spend the time with Him that we ought to. First of all, uh, we don't want to. Uh, Now let me say, I don't believe any sincere child of God, any true follower of Christ would say, I don't want to spend time with God. I believe that if you're saved and on your way to heaven, you want to spend time with God. In fact, I'll say this, you're in a bad place spiritually if you ever get to a place and say, I don't want to spend time with God. You need to check your heart if you ever get to that place where you say, I don't want to spend time with God. But a second reason why we don't spend as much time with Him as we ought to, as we ought to is, is this, and this is difficult for, for us to admit, and it's we're lazy. I mean, if you get right down to it, sometimes we can just be lazy. Or to say it another way, it's not as important to us as it should be. Uh, It's not a priority priority to us sometimes. Uh, Our schedules can be so filled with everything else and we become so busy with all the other aspects of life that time with God really just isn't that important and He doesn't get the time that He deserves. But here's the thing about spending time with God. It takes effort on our part. And spending time with Him means that we're going to have to take time from something else. That means we might not have to be able to watch as much TV as we want to. We might not be able to read as much newspaper as we normally do. We've got to take time from something else to spend time with God. But I believe a third reason that we could say we don't spend time with God is we don't know how. And I believe this is where a lot of people are. They don't spend time with God. It's not because they don't want to. And it's not so much because they're lazy. They would simply say, Pastor, I don't really know how to spend time with God. I know it involves the Bible. I know it involves prayer. But beyond that, I don't really know what to do. And so tonight I want to give you some thoughts on how to spend time with God. How to draw closer to Him and see God draw closer to you. Now some people call this personal devotion. Some people call it their quiet time. Some people call it their appointment to God. But here's the thing. Whatever you decide to call it, you need to practice it. You need to be consistent in it. It's not something you do one day, skip a week, and do it again. It's something that you need to do regularly. In fact, I believe it's something that we ought to try to do every day of our lives. Get along with Him in prayer. Get along with Him in His Word. And just fellowship with God. So the first thing I want to answer tonight is this. Why have a quiet time? Why spend time with God? There are some good reasons for spending time with God. Three reasons. Number one, we need fellowship with God. We need fellowship with Him. You see, we were created for fellowship with God. Out of all the things that God created, you and I are the only things that have the capacity to walk with God and fellowship with Him. If you remember back in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, that God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. He would... Uh, have fellowship with him but the fall ruined that but Jesus came over 2,000 years ago shed his blood when he died on the cross so that that fellowship could be restored and so here's the thing that amazes me is we have a God who spoke all things into existence and he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sin and once again have fellowship and intimacy with God God wants us to know him God wants us to have fellowship with Him. And so one of the reasons to spend time with God is so we can get to know God. You see, here's the thing. God knows all there is to know about us, but there's so much more we could know about Him. And how do you get to know Him? You spend time with Him. If you're married or have been married, your spouse has passed away, how did you get to know your spouse? You spent time with Him. You talk with them, you hung out with them. That's how you build the relationship. And so we need fellowship with God. A second reason we spend time with God, it's our privilege as believers. It's a privilege to spend time with God. You see, I want you to understand spending time with God is a blessing, not a burden. It's a delight, not a duty. Spending time with God shouldn't be viewed as something you have to do, but something you get to do. You see, there's a lot of people, they they view their Bible reading as something, well, I I have to read the Bible today. That's the wrong attitude to have. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. It is a privilege to be able to fellowship with God. To think that the Creator of this world would want to spend time with little old me. Wow. And to think about it, He can spend time with all of us at the same time. That when you're at home, Sister Mary, when I'm at home, and Bill, you're at home, and we're all praying and we're all reading our Bible, that at the same time God's everywhere spending time with all of us. It's a privilege. That we have access to Him. And we can go to Him and know that He's present. That's a privilege. Listen, listen I'll, I'll probably never go to the White House and I'll probably never shake the President's hand, but I can have access to the throne room of God. That's a privilege. Because here's the thing, He's greater than any President. He's greater than any King. He's greater than any authority or person who's on this earth. And I have the privilege to know Him. That's why I want to spend time with Him. But a third reason to spend time with God is there's some tremendous benefits for spending time with God. We should spend time with God because of the benefits and the results that it brings to our lives. You see, God has promised so many things to those who take the time to get to know Him through His Word. Let me give you some benefits. First of all, God promises joy. And if you spend time with God, you'll have joy in your life. Look at Psalm 16, verse 11 on the screen. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The King James says, In thy presence there is fullness of joy. You want me to tell you who the most joyful believer is? It's the person who meets with God on a regular basis. A person who meets with God on a regular basis, they'll be overflowing and bubbling up with joy in their life. Secondly, He promises to give us strength. Isaiah 40 verse 29 to 31, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But listen to verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we spend time in the presence of God, when we spend time in prayer, when we spend time in His Word, we get our spiritual batteries recharged. Let me just say this. I know it's Wednesday night. There's only a few of us here. I wish there was more people here because I don't know how people can make it spiritually from one Sunday to the next Without coming to the house of God and hearing the Word of God and fellowshipping with God's people. I certainly hope that those who only show up from one Sunday to the next are spending time with God daily. Because if they're not, spiritually, they're going to be empty. Spiritually, they're going to be drained. Let's just be real. But when we spend time with God, we can be re-energized. We can be like that bunny on the TV commercials. Just going, going, and going. Amen? That's how I want to be for God. Just always going. never Just never empty. Never dry. Just always going. But here's another thing about spending time with God. He promises we'll have peace. Psalm 119, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Spending time with God and spending time in His Word gives us peace of heart. Spending time with God will have assurance that He's in control of all things. Another thing He gives us is stability. Spending time with God will bring strength and stability to your life. Psalm 16 verse 8 and 9. He says, I've set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest. In hope. Do you see that? He said, I've set the Lord before me, and because He's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. There in verse 8. When we have a regular time of Bible reading, prayer, and worship, our lives become stable. That when we spend our time with God, we build on the right foundation. We build on a foundation that is firm and steady, and we can't be shaken. You see, our daily time with God eliminates the spiritual roller coaster type of living. How many have ever seen those believers that they're up and down and they're all over the place because they're not spending time with God like they ought to be? Listen, I don't want that kind of living. I, I don't want to be up one day and down the next and back up and down. But when you spend time in His Word, spend time in His presence, you don't live like that. You just, you just cruise along. That doesn't mean problems go away. But problems don't get the best of you. Why? Because you spend time in God's presence. And He gives you stability and He gives you strength. You see, here's the thing. When you spend time with God daily, you can be in the valley but live like you're on the mountain. Amen? You see, when you spend time with God daily, even though you're walking through the valley, you can still rejoice and you can still shout and you can still have joy unspeakable even in the midst of your darkest times. You see, I think about Paul and Silas. Even at midnight in the Philippian jail, they could still sing and they could still pray and they could still shout. Why? Because they knew what it was like to spend time with God. Here's another thing he talks about success. Spending time with God will bring success to your life. Joshua 1.8 The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Everybody wants success. Everybody wants to prosper. And the only promise that you find of success in the Bible is connected to the condition of daily meditating on the Word of God. Wow. That when we stay with the Word and stay with God, He promises to bless us. Here's another thing, answered prayer. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, if we abide in Christ, in other words, spend time with Him, fellowship with Him, we can claim this promise and be assured that our prayers will be answered. In fact, let me say this. I said a while ago that God knows all about us and we need to know more about Him. Here's the thing, if you'll spend time with God, God already knows what you need. And if you'll draw close to Him and get to know Him more and more, God will begin to take care of the needs in your life. In fact, the more you begin to spend time with God and spend time in prayer and spend time in His, in His work, the more your prayers will begin to change. In fact, the, your prayers begin to line up with His Word and God will begin to answer and God will begin to move. Why? Because that's a promise that it makes. That if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, we'll pray according to His will. And He'll hear and He'll answer. But here's one final reason, one final benefit of spending time with God. Others will see the difference in our lives. People will know you've been in the presence of God. Look at Acts 4.13. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Notice Peter and John, that they were a bunch of fishermen. Unschooled, ordinary men. Untrained. But they saw their boldness, they saw their courage. And they took notice that they had been with Jesus. You see, people will know that you've been with Jesus. When you spend time walking with God, when you spend time fellowshipping with God, it's going to show in your life. But let me also say this, people will also know when you haven't been spending time with God. Another thing that we see here from Acts 4.13 is that when we... Spend time with Jesus. We have the confidence and boldness we need to evangelize and witness. That spending time with God will help us to be more effective in telling people about Him. That's why we should spend time with God. But let's really get into now of the how. How to have a quiet time. How to spend time with God. So how do we put this into practice? Number one. You've got to start with the proper attitudes. You've got to have the right attitude. You see, in God's eyes, why we do something is far more important than what we do. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, there at the last part of it, Samuel says, or God said to Samuel this, It says, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks. You see, it's possible to do the right thing, but with the wrong attitude. Second Chronicles 25, verse 2, this is referring to King Amaziah, and it said this, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. So you can do the right thing, but with the wrong attitude. King Amaziah did it right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. Another translation says he did right in the eyes of the Lord, but not perfectly. When you plan to meet with God, you've got to have the right attitudes. Let me give you what those attitudes should be. First of all, you need expectancy. If you're going to meet with God, you need a sense of expectancy. You've got to come before God with anticipation and eagerness. And let me say, I wish we would come to church with this kind of eagerness. I wish we would come to church on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings with a sense of expectancy. But when you plan to meet God on a daily basis, you've got to expect to have a good time of fellowship with Him in advance. You've got to expect God to meet you. You've got to expect to receive from Him. Listen, if you approach your daily Bible reading, if you approach your time of prayer and don't expect God to show up, chances are, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. You're just going to check the box and that's it. David said in Psalm 42 verse 1, As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O oh God. He longed for God. He hungered for God. He thirsted for God. And you see, that's the attitude we've got to have when it comes to spending time with God. There has to be a longing for Him, a hungering for Him, an expectancy. An expectancy. That God's going to show up today when I meet with Him. That when I open up this book, God's going to speak. In fact, let me say this. Right here in 66 books, Genesis to Revelation, there's a fail-proof way to hear God speak. People say, God never speaks to me. This is a fail-proof way to hear God speak. Because this is His Word. This is not the words of men. This is the Word of God a fail-proof way to hear God speak. Open it and expect God to speak. But you need to... Here's the second attitude you need. You need reverence. In other words, you can't rush into God's presence. The fact is, many times we're in a hurry. We want to drive through prayer time. We want to drive through time alone with God. We want to kind of push the button, place our order, and God spit out the answer. It doesn't work that way. You have to sometimes just see it and be quiet and just kind of let the noise of the world fade away. Psalm 46, 10, Be still and know that I'm God. And that's hard to do, isn't it? Being still. We like noise. We, we like stuff playing in the background. But listen, when it comes to spending time with God, you don't go into His presence like you're going to a football game or any other kind of competition. You have to go in reverently and sometimes just sit and wait. It's hard for us. We get in a hurry and sometimes God's not. A- another attitude we need is alertness. You need you need to be awake. You need to be fully ready to meet God. In other words. If you're going to meet with God in the morning, make sure you're awake. Get you a cup of coffee if you have to, and get fully awake so you can meet God so you're not dozing off or you're trying to spend time with Him. Be focused about what you're doing. Here's another attitude we need. There needs to be a willingness to obey. This attitude's crucial. You see, we can't come to our time with God to choose what we will or will not do, but we need to come to God with the purpose of doing anything and everything God wants us to do. You see, we've got to come to God with the attitude that we're going to obey His will no matter what. So we've got to have the proper attitude. But secondly, you need to select a time. You've got to select a time. This has to do when you're going to have your quiet time, when you're going to spend time with God, and how long it's going to be. Here's the general general rule. The best time to have your time with God is when you're at your best. Now listen, I'm not a morning person. I, I, I wish I was one of those that could get up at the crack of dawn and go and pray and, and seek God when the sun comes up. But that's not me. I do best around 10:30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm a, I'm a night owl. In fact, I'm one of those I can stay up all night and sleep during the day. Now, I'm, I'm getting older and it's not as easy as I was in, in my younger days, but I still like being up at night. And it don't work out too good when you pastor a church and you got people. If you have to go see anybody or do anything, you got to do it all during the day, so it don't work out too well. But I'd rather do things at night. But you need to give God the best part of your day. You need to spend your time with Him when you're most alert, when you're most focused. In other words, don't give God your leftover time. So many people have put all their time into doing everything they want to do and all of a sudden want to try to squeeze God in at 15 minutes at the end of the day. When they're tired, they're drained, and they can't focus. And so they they read their chapter for the day and say a little prayer and then wonder why nothing changes in their life and why they don't grow. Because you had not given God your best. You need to set a time to meet with God. It could be early morning. If if you're one who likes to get up early, then get up early. There's a lot of people in the Bible who rose early to meet with God. David rose early. Early to meet with God. Abraham would rise early to meet with God. Many times Jesus would slip out early and meet with God. For some of you, you, you might be like me. You like you like the night time. You like, you, you, you like to stay up late. But whatever time you choose, you need to be consistent. You need to stick to it. In fact, put it on your calendar. We put everything else on the calendar. We put doctor's appointments. We put... We put, we put ball games, everything else on the calendar. Put your time with God on the calendar. Schedule it like you would anything else. Don't miss it. Let me say it this way. Make a date with God. And don't miss it. And when somebody says, and, and here's the thing, then you can't lie if somebody asks you, you've got something going on. I do got something. If they say, hey, can you, can you grab dinner at 7.30 tomorrow night? No, I got something going on then. If that's your time with God, I got something going on then. And you can not lie to them. If that's your appointment with God, I've got something. Hey, I'm going to have to get another time. You ain't called a lie if it's on your calendar, Right? But if you see it on your calendar, you're more likely to stick to it. But if you just kind of wing it from day to day, you might do one in the morning, you might do one at night, and then guess what? You might not do one at all. Now the question that people want to ask is, Preacher, how long should I spend in my time with God? Well, ultimately it's between you and God, how much time you spend with Him. I'll say this, if you've never had a consistent time with God, I suggest that you start with a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes a day. If you've never walked with God for long, or you're just starting out trying to spend time with God, at least a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes a day. Let me give you a couple guidelines here. Don't go out the gate trying to start a two-hour quiet time with God. There's a lot of people, they hear messages like this and all of a sudden something clicks inside of them. Oh, I'm going to spend time with God. They jump out. I'm going to spend an hour with Him. I'm going to spend two hours with Him every day. And all of a sudden, they get about 30 minutes into it. It's like, how am I going to do this for another hour and a half? Start slow. Let me say this. It's better to be consistent with a short time than to meet for an hour every other week. Listen, God would rather you spend time with Him 15 minutes a day than an hour one day every other week. I think we can all do 15 minutes a day, can't we? Just be consistent. Here's another thing that will ruin your time with God. Don't watch the clock. Watching the clock will ruin your time with God. Simply decide on what you're going to read, how many chapters you're going to read, how much time you're going to give it, and then just start. Sometimes you might get finished early, sometimes it might take a little longer, but just decide, I'm going to read this chapter, and I'm going to to pray, and then just go. And don't watch the clock. Emphasize quality, not quantity. There's nothing super spiritual about having a two-hour quiet time. I know Jesus spent all night in prayer, and there may be times where God leads us into those times of prolonged times of prayer. But it's what you do during your time that's important. If you were to spend two hours there and you don't really pray, and you just really do what Jesus... Warns against and it starts becoming vain repetition. Well, then you've really kind of wasted a lot of time. Your aim should be a quality relationship with God. That's what we want, quality. Here's a third thing on how. Choose a place. You need a place. The Bible tells us Abraham had a regular place. He met with God. Genesis nineteen twenty-seven. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Jesus had a custom of praying in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. Luke twenty two thirty nine. 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and His disciples followed Him. You would often see Jesus withdraw into the wilderness to spend time with God. He'd go to the Garden of Gethsemane at the Mount of Olives. He, he had a place where He met with God. You need a place where you can meet with God. Let me give you a couple things here. You, you need a secluded place. You need a place where you can be alone. You need a place that's quiet. You need a place where you won't be disturbed or interrupted. You need a place where you can pray out loud. That, listen, I, I've come to find out that when it comes to, to me praying, I do. I stay more focused when I pray out loud. That if I have to be kind of quiet, I, my mind begins to wander all over the place. But if I can pray out loud, I, I stay on track a little bit better. So you need a place where you can pray out loud and not disturb nobody else. Uh, you need a place that's going to have some some good lighting so you can read the Bible. Maybe maybe an office, a spare bedroom, but you need a, a place. Uh, you, you need a place that's a sacred place. I'm not saying you've got to have a church. I'm not saying you got to uh, be in a cathedral. But you need a place where you can meet God. And when you meet God there on a regular basis that place will become special. That place will become holy ground. Listen, you can meet God in your backyard. You can meet God in a spare bedroom. You can meet God in an office. You can meet God in a secluded place in the woods. Uh, There's there's times I haven't done it in in a while, but I used to. I'd go out in the backyard and just sit in a chair and look up at the sky. In fact, if you want to see the greatness of God and, and just how vast He is, Go out on on an evening when it's a little bit cooler and just look up at the stars and you'll see how big God is. Amen? But you need a place. Number four, you need to follow a simple plan. You've got to have some kind of plan to get started. Somebody once said this, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And so if you're going to have a meaningful quiet time, you've got to have some kind of outline, some kind of plan to follow, and you've got to have some tools. Let me suggest some tools. You need a Bible. You need a notebook and a pen or pencil and maybe a highlighter if you're one who likes to highlight your Bible. But you need a Bible, a notebook, and a way to record your thoughts at least. And then you've got to follow a plan. Here's the plan. Let me give you the plan on what you do when you get into your place to spend time with God. First of all, you need to wait on God. You need to wait on God. Once you've found your place and set the time, you need to wait on God. Don't get into a hurry. Don't rush into His presence. But simply just be still before Him and try to clear your mind of all the clutter and all the faults of this world. And just wait on Him. Secondly, you need to pray briefly. Now this isn't your prayer time. This isn't where you try to unload your burdens and unload your request on God. But you want to just simply just have an opening prayer. Ask God to cleanse your heart. And you want to God to prepare you for your time with Him. Let me give you some examples of how you can pray. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting you can just take that Scripture and make that a prayer. God, just search me. You can do what, David? Create me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit. Just a simple prayer. God, prepare me for my time with you. You can do this. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Many times that's what I do when I'm getting ready to spend time with God. God, this is Your Word. It's not the words of men, but this is Your Word. And God, I'm coming to You, wanting to hear from You, I'm wanting to be fed, and I'm wanting to grow. And and, and I'll do what Eli told Samuel. God, speak, for your servant is listening. And then I go to read. Because listen, what God has to say to me is more important than anything I can say to Him. So it's better to start reading this than it is for me to pray. So I just start with a little prayer. God speaks. I'm listening. And then you read the Bible. You see, God speaks through his word. And so as you read, you need to be listening and looking for what God wants to say to you. You need to read slowly. Don't get in a hurry. Why is it that we act like we got to get in the race when it comes to reading God's Word? A lot of it has to do with the little check boxes on reading plans. I've got to get done with the plan. I've got to check the box off today so I can say I read my Bible. Listen, there's nothing wrong with reading plans and there's nothing wrong with the little boxes on reading plans. But I'm afraid a lot of times those reading plans with the little boxes have hurt us and they've helped us. Sometimes this, let's read through the Bible in a year, that's done a lot of harm. Listen, it's good if you can but a lot of times it's done a lot of harm to us because we're trying to get through so much material that we can't really encounter God. You're reading three, four, five chapters a day. Did you really connect with God? Did you really learn anything? Did you grow? Did you apply it to your life? When you got up from reading, did you go out and live it? Because here's the thing, if you didn't live it, it didn't change you. That was good. Let me say that again. If if you didn't go out and live it, it didn't change you. So read slowly. Read repeatedly. You've got got, got to read the passage over and over again. Read it in different translations if necessary, but read it over and over again. You want to know why some believers don't get anything out of what they read? Because they read it one time and they stop. Sometimes you've you, you got to be like that, child, that cow chewing on its cud. You've got to go back and keep reading and reading and reading and so that you can get everything that needs to be seen in it. You need to read without stopping. I'm guilty of this sometimes. I'm, I'll be, be reading the chapter and all of a sudden I'll get into the middle of a sentence and I'm like, oh, that's good. And I'm going to start chasing down cross-references and going over here checking on this and checking on this and, and never get back to what I was reading. When I needed to simply stay there and read that for the joy of reading it and spending time with my... I want to go start pacing down a topical study or start studying some doctrine instead of just sitting there at the feet of Jesus and reading. How many else is guilty of that? Something just piqued your interest? Oh, i got, got to go check that out. We should just stay right there and just keep... Reading. Make a note of it if you want to and then come back later. You just keep reading. Here's something else. you, you got to meditate on what you read. You want the Scripture to speak to you in a meaningful way, you've you got to meditate. That means you've got to think about it, contemplate it. You've got to run it over and over in your mind. Then you got to, number five, write down what God shows you. When God speaks to you, you got to record what you've discovered. That's the purpose of your notebook and your pencil. Write down what God shows you. And then number six, this is where you have your time of prayer. God has spoken to you through His Word and now you can talk to Him. Now let me give you a little acrostic here using the word pray that will help you when it comes to prayer. The letter P, it means pray. Start with adoration. Thank God for His Word. Thank God for His blessings. Thank God for what He's done for you. Spend time just magnifying Him, exalting Him. The letter R, it's repent. This is confession. Ask God to cleanse you. Ask God to search you. Ask God to expose anything in your life that brings shame and dishonor to His name. And confess it. The letter A is ask. This is where petition and intercession comes in. Ask for your needs, but also ask for the needs of others. And then the letter Y, it's yielded. Yield yourself to God. This is about submission. This is about saying, God, I want to do Your will. And you surrender to Him and say, God, work through me and help me to make a difference. That's how you spend time with God. But His Word... And prayer. And so as I close, all of us can use improvement in spending time. On I know I can. But none of us here tonight can use the excuse now of I don't know how to. Because as best as I could, through the help of God, I've given you some suggestions on how to spend time with you. And my prayer is that you'll take these suggestions and you'll use them to draw closer to me. I want to take what I've shared with you tonight, and apply it to my own life, and I want to draw closer. My desire is for all of us here tonight to know God in a more intimate way. I want us as a church to know God in a deep. I don't want a shallow faith. I don't want shallow Christianity. I don't want to stay in ankle-deep water. I want to go deeper. But God's not going to do it all for me. He's not going to do it all for you. In James 4 verse 8, He tells us draw near to God and He will draw near to us. We have to have some initiative. We have to have some drive. There has to be something in us that says, I want to be closer. Several weeks ago, I preached on intimacy with God. And here's the thing that's true of all of us. We're as close to Him as we want to be. I want to be close. That means I've got to spend more time with Him. That means I've got to spend more time with Him not looking for sermons to preach. Not looking for a message to come and stand in this pulpit on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. But i got to open this and say, Okay, God, feed me. What do you want to say to me? How do you want to deal with my life? How do you want to convict me? How do you want to change me? God use this to cut me. and there may be times that when he speaks to me and deals with me i got to come and deliver that to the people but here's the thing if i'm not getting bread from heaven i'll not do a very good very good job of giving bread to the people So I want us to pray, and let's just ask God to help us spend more time with Him. And let's just ask Him to give us that desire, that hunger, that longing. And I believe that's a prayer that He will answer. How many believe that?